I, I kind of cheated. I looked at one of the one of the feathers that I or turkeys that I have in my office. That's why he was asking for the numbers again. <laughs> Cheater. Could you please use the, the word in a sentence? Tom was a guy looking time. over somebody's shoulder in right. class. <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> Tom. Tom and I sat in the back of the class together and we just kind of peeked over everybody's shoulder. Collaborative testing, is that what that's called? Yeah, something nice. like that. Nice. This segment of DOD TV is brought to you by Traditions Muzzle Loaders. Hello, boys and girls. Welcome back to the Drury Outdoors 100% Wild Podcast, episode number 198. I'm Tim Chelsvik. Uh, Ted Chelsvik. I'm Matt Drury. We got Ted Hall on. <laughs> uh, Tom Hall. Tom. <laughs> A little behind the scenes fun with names that we had this morning. Yeah. So, you know, uh, I wanted to jump in and start right out of the gate. So I'm wearing this shirt. A mossy oak shirt says Mr. Fox on it. It's I saw that shirt on SNL. Yeah, that's right. It was on SNL. We can't say who was wearing it now because he's, <laughs> he's, he's pers- persona non grata. Yeah, you can't, it's about like having Don Jr. on the podcast. <laughs> Oops. Can't say that name anymore. <laughs> but uh, no. So anyways, the reason why I'm wearing it yesterday or two days ago, I, I don't remember when, but I saw a bunch of posts. I, I guess it was yesterday. I started seeing the post from Mossy Oak. Mr. Fox, Toxie Hayes' dad, the founder of Mossy Oak, Toxie Hayes, his father, 90 years old, he shot a great Alabama <laughs> buck, really on, buck on the last day of the, on the Alabama season. So, you know, anybody that follows along with Mossy Oak over the years knows the heritage and the history with Mr. Fox. And mm-hmm. I mean, he truly is a, a legend, you know, in, in the industry and, and yeah. just a lot of wisdom there around conservation and and the reason why we all want to you know be in the in this outdoor industry is hopefully for the right reasons yeah and he kind of personifies that well it's awesome to see him getting out there still and doing his thing and and making it happen and it, usually it's turkey season that everybody's falling i forget how many like consecutive years it's, yeah he hasn't missed one <clears> in a long time and and i mean like when there weren't really any turkeys <laughs> he was killing turkeys pterodactyls. <laughs> so it was uh it was cool anyway I wanted to wear this kind of an homage to Mr. Fox and, yeah. uh, you know, j- just pretty awesome. Really. It m- makes me think of like Mark taking grandma out for deer season, turkey season. She's 87, be 88 here in April, I think. So, you know, she's, uh, she's, she's chugging along still and getting with it. One of the really cool things is, is how, like when you get to know these people personally, as, as at one time, an outdoor industry outsider, I thought, well, maybe this is an act. Like maybe they don't really love deer hunting as much as they do. They just kind of found something that worked and they went with it. Yeah. No, like everyone that I've met that's in the outdoor industry loves to hunt. Well, and Mr. Fox, so usually at the trade shows, which obviously we didn't have them this year, but usually he shows up to the NWTF for a day or two. They'll they'll bring him and and uh, he, you know he's sitting there on the couch the way the way they lay out there for their booth. They have a couple couches and you always see Mr. Fox kind of hanging out and it's cool. always. It, you know, I wouldn't say it, it's weird because it's almost like you're meeting a dignitary or a yeah, celebrity yeah. or it's, it's like, like a pillar. Of it it the really community. is. It's like, Hey, Mr. Fox, how's it going? Uh, met yeah. Can I hug you? Not like the time I met uh, Johnny Morris. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, sir. It's good to be in your presence. I, I mean, can I hug you? <laughs> Don't shake my hand. Get with security. <laughs> so, was that during COVID? It was like Ugh, the beginning. It was May. Forgot. It was like the middle of May into May. So COVID was like just getting rolling and, and we happened to have a trip playing to the big cedar lodge and yeah. my wife and my kids we were walking out of the restaurant which was a 
whole, I think we did a podcast on this. It was a we whole did. disaster yeah. of a, of an evening at Big Cedar Lodge with the kids. <laughs> Very excited to be there. They were all over the place as people are eating dinner and all this stuff. So we're walking out the doors and I was shocked. Mr. Johnny Morris is walking in the door and I'm Gulp. like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Mr. Morris is at your entry Proud of our partner. Stuck my hand sir. out there to shake his hand and he's like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Move, move along. <laughs> well, you did your best. Yeah, exactly. You're starstruck and you did your best. That was I don't get, and I don't get starstruck, but I did that day. Uh, yeah, he's a good guy for that to happen with, yeah, I think. So. Well, speaking of starstruck, before we get to Tom, we've got shout outs. Okay. Shout out. They're kind of, uh, these are celebrity shout outs. Hey, I know these two guys. All right, you take the first one. I'll take the second one. Uh, So the first one is from, this guy has to have a a made up name. Laden Force. I mean, it sounds like he should be in like the Green Berets. Comic book hero (laughs) or something. Laden's a great guy. He's from with North American Whitetail. He's, uh, he wrote regarding the Chinese uh, knockoff product show that we did a few episodes back. He said, good podcast with Severson. You boys had me rolling at the end, but also a great topic that not many consumers are privy to. You know, it's interesting because the second guy here on the shout outs, I had, he called me probably a week ago out of the blue and he said the same thing about that Chinese. He's like, man, you got that podcast. It really needs to be brought up and you, we don't hear enough about it. I, I mean, I always, I guess because we're in this industry, I always knew it was an issue, but I guess I didn't know that it was widely known that it was an issue. Sure. It touched so, the nerve. Anyways, the next guy on the shout out list is Jake Meyer from Mossy Oak. Speaking of Mossy Oak, so this is a Mossy Oak. And this wasn't planned, by the way. I didn't know that was the shout out. I didn't read oh, the show list. Wow. <laughs> Fortuitous. Shocker. So Jay, Jake says, I seriously enjoy the constant sarcasm and dry humor. You and Matt mesh well together and you compliment each other well. I wonder who has the constant sarcasm and who has the dry humor. We'll never know because we'll never hear back from jake (laughs) i guarantee you i'm gonna hear from jake because i wore this shirt on the podcast i bet money no doubt what's that shirt called it's just called the mr fox shirt mr fox shirt i'm sure you can go over to the mossyoak.com website and check it out but it's i mean this and it's comfortable it's like it's really like nice shirt. One of those, like, hey, this is one you want to like hang out around the house. Hey, 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 like hey, 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 I'm gonna buy one, but I'll buy it a size too small. Yeah, medium. So <laughs> <laughs> let's introduce uh, Mr. Tom Hall from Traditions. Uh, th- I should have mentioned this show is called The Tradition of Boom in honor of Mr. Tom. You're kind of mixing and matching. What's up, Tom? Yeah. Hey guys, how are you? Good. Sorry you had to sit through that intro. <laughs> no, it was uh, it was interesting and uh, you know. That's a kind word. (laughs) It was interesting. (laughs) That's what you say when someone feeds you something you don't really care for. It was interesting, guys. That's an idea. (laughs) No, it's good to see you, Tom. Uh, We miss the fact that usually we see each other at the trade shows at SHOT Show. We were just talking about that off camera before we jumped on. And uh, one of the things that, you know... So, so you and, and Mark kind of have a, a history together as far as you, you guys have known each other for a, a long, long time. And when I think we've been partners probably six or seven years, somewhere in there, probably officially partners. And, um, I, I, you know, being a newbie kind of in the industry, I didn't know much about you guys. And then it was a, a real joy to kind of get to hear some of that history behind the relationship that you and Mark had dating back, you know, what, into the early nineties, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Early, early nineties, late eighties, early nineties. Um, 
we, um, before um, I was involved with traditions, um, I had a sales rep agency and we rep Masio back in, in the 80s. So it was right from the beginning, basically. They just had Bottomland, just came out with Tree Stand. And uh, Mark was in another rep group. Um, and then we bought traditions a few years later. We hired that agency. And then Mark was was selling traditions um, out in uh, Missouri and in, in his territory. So uh, Mark's been aware and used traditions. Actually, went on. we went on a couple of hunts. We did a lot of stuff back then. Um, and just, you know, always remain friends see each other, you know, at trade shows after Mark left and started bad and did some of those other, other things that he moved on to. Um, we still see each other now and again, always the same. And, and then when we're able to get together and, and the last seven years have just been fantastic. You guys just do a fantastic job for, for traditions, getting our name out, exposure, using the products. And, and I think more importantly is your users and your understanding. You're always trying to make things better, you know, whether it's, you, it's it's Mark, it's Terry, it's Taylor, all you guys, all your whole team. I mean, but you, you guys are, are help us and you focus in on our brand and what we're trying to do. So and, it's, a, it's a great relationship. And really, Mark, I mean, he's the one of all of us that he really geeks out on muzzleloading and, and the exact, you know, recipes, the exact recipes, because it is kind of a fine, it can be kind of a fine science. I want to get to a product here in a little bit that you guys kind of took a little bit of the guesswork out of, of things and really revolutionized, yeah. I think the next step in muzzleloading, but you know, Mark, he's such a, I don't know, a technician and really, word, yeah. and really everything he does, whether it's trail camera monitoring, whether it's, you know, feeding his deer herd in the off season, whatever model it is, railroads. model railroads, he's just a technician in every form and fashion of it. Uh -huh. And it's really interesting to see a guy like that. That's so driven in muzzleloading. He's always teaching dad and I a thing or two. It's like, all right, so, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not getting quite the group that I need. What, what am I doing wrong here? And it's, I guarantee you, you are doing something wrong. <laughs> it's it, you. It, it, it is me. And he always knows the answer. And it's really helped me, you know, cause I, I said this actually just a couple of weeks ago, I did a set of Instagram stories where I was talking about cleaning my muzzleloaders for the off season. And five years ago, like that would have been a very daunting thing for me because I just didn't know anything. You know what? I would always go to dad's for late muzzleloader season. And it was like, here's the gun. Uh, sure. <laughs> Shoot it. You know, it's, I, in the last five, six years, I've, I've learned a lot in a, in a lot of ways as far as just doing things on my own and uh -huh. kind of really stepping into it a little bit more. And muzzleloading was, is definitely one of those areas where you, you, it takes a little bit of trial and error and really having somebody to lean on that knows what they're doing. Wouldn't you say, Tom? Absolutely. And, and, and some, some people find it intimidating, of course, because of all the different powders, bullets and, and, and all that. And Mark certainly, um, like I said, he's a user and, um, when he comes in at the shot show and we show him some of the new products and stuff, I know I can see just by his, by his face, he's already thinking he's got questions and he does. I mean, you've been in the meetings and he always brings up all these different things. I mean, just immediately just starts clicking in minds, Mark's mind. How, um, how is this going to work? How, how do you do this? And what, what about this powder? What about that bullet? Um, just always, always looking for, uh, um, seeing how things work, but yeah, he certainly, he knows it, he gets it. And, um, uh, I know that he's helped you quite a bit. I think he's helped Terry and, and probably a lot of the guys in the group just understand Muslim because uh, it does take a little bit in the beginning to, to understand it. And like I said, he's done it for so many years. 
I think he's got it now. No question. And to think where muzzleloading is today versus, cause I, I can recall back, I'm sure it was probably, I was probably around eight, 10 years old. We would back in Bloomsdale at the 40 acre club. I remember vividly they I had a muzzleloader. I guess I don't know if there was a certain season that dad had got attacked for, if it was Illinois or what, why we were doing this. But I remember the muzzleloader and it was, you guys still sell these types of muzzleloaders, but the muzzleloader today is so vastly different than the muzzleloader 20. I was curious about th- progress in the tech. Yeah. So like, you know, even how, wh- like how you load it and how many grains and like all those things, the type of powder back then mm-hmm. for the type of black powder back then versus the type that you guys use are that you see now, it was just so different. And, and I remember then dad just kind of the frustration around it because, you know, we, I, I kind of think we didn't know what we were doing. I said, we, cause I wasn't me. It was him. Sure. <laughs> I remember a lot of time at the range and not really, I don't remember anything after that. So I don't know what we just hear your dad dog cussing something. <laughs> I don't know what the product was. I have no idea. I just remember it was a really cool looking gun and it had like, you know, like it just looked like a gun out of the civil war to me. Okay, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? As an eight or 10 year old or whatever. On it. So the time, give us a little bit of the evolution from something 30 years ago to something today. And then let's jump into the new nitro fire for, from there. Sure. Sure. So probably you're talking about the old uh, side lock style, we call them, um, where those were like the Civil War muskets. They they evolved into different models of Hawk and Rifle or Kentucky Rifle. And all of those were loose powder. You pour it down the barrel with a round patch round ball, run that down the barrel, and you use the, a number 11 uh, cap that you would, percussion cap that you would use to fire it. Um, and then when you got done, you took it apart, put it in a, a pail of hot soapy water, and you you scrubbed it clean to make sure that you got all the, the powder out of there and stuff. So, yeah, those are challenges back then. And, and from there, it basically went into like a break action style rifle. And a break action style, it changed the industry quite a bit. A lot more people started hunting and using them in the primitive season, hunting seasons that are that are available in most states. But from there, you basically load it the same way. <coughs> Excuse me. But you put a 209 primer um, on, on the, in the breech. Um, in the breech plug and you would fire the gun what makes the break action easy to use is most of them have a a removable breech plug so you can just clean it right straight through you can look at it to make sure that it's not loaded it just made it a lot easier and friendlier to 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 use and also at the same time we went from loose powder to pyrotex pellets which made it easier to load you didn't have to measure it you just drop whatever amount you wanted down the barrel one or two with your savage bullets which changed it so all those evolution made it a lot easier from the old smoke pole or the the side lock gun to to the uh, the break action and, and then the break action evolved um, for a number of years different things different caps different uh, bullets and all of that started coming into play. Um, the big uh, innovation in the last few years has been uh, pretty much the only thing that's come along is a nitro fire rifle that we introduced last year and. Um, that's taken a lot of the guesswork out of how to load it, how to clean it. Um, is did, did, am, am I doing everything right? Uh, do I have the right powder? Um, from a safety aspect, from that intimidation that we talked about, I mentioned just a few minutes ago, it's taken it out. It's simplified the whole operation. Um, and if you want, I can I can just walk you through how all that 
how all that happens. Yeah, take us through it. We, you know, because you guys introduced it at the Shot Show in 2020, and then with COVID and everything, you, you know, we talked about it off air there. You know, supply chain issues, and it was just kind of it was a lot harder to, for anybody that had a new product last year. It was a tough year to launch something, especially yeah. so innovative. And the one thing it did do is it did allow us to get a chance to use it in the season, in the 2020 season. And man, it, for me, it was a real eye opener in a lot of ways and, and how easy it was. So, uh, that's one of the reasons I wanted to have Tom on is to make sure we kind of started to help get the word out even more because more and more States are legalizing it. And that's a whole different factor that you can get in after you take us through kind of how it works. Sure. So, so like I said, uh, most, all muzzle loaders, you load the projectile, the powder and the projectile from the, the, the muzzle. This particular muzzleloader, you load the projectile only down through the barrel. It comes down and it sits on a shelf inside the barrel. And then you can see that it's there's no breech plug in this gun. Hmm. So what you use is a fire stick. And the fire stick is available in a couple of different grains, 100 and 120. And there's a new one that's coming out this year at 80 grains. So basically what this is is an encapsulated powder charge. So it has a powder inside here. It's a clean burning powder. Um, it's in a plastic case. This happens to be a 100 grain charge. So once you load your bullet, it's sitting on shelf. You can look in there and you can see your bullets in there uh, if you load it. Then you take this encapsulated powder charge, a fire stick, you put it in the breech. Then you take your 209 muzzle loading primer and you insert it in the hole in the back of the fire stick. As you can see here, there's a, there's a cavity that allows the 209 primer to go in. You load this, you close it up, and then it's ready to fire. When you're ready to fire, obviously, you cock the gun, you fire it. If you decide you don't want to fire it, what's nice is you can open it up, take this out, put it in your pocket. Your bullet's still in here. So if you're, you you're get in your vehicle, you're going you know, go, go home for the day or whatever, you go back out in the field, you're ready to go, you take this, make sure your bullet's still seated, put this in, put your primer, close it up, and you're ready to go. That's so it huge. makes it quick, easy. And you know, you, you didn't double charge your gun. You're using the right powder. You're using everything that, that's uh, easy. Um, also, it, it protects it from the moisture. You know, when it's raining and, and once you open up a jar of powder, it starts sucking up moisture. With this encapsulated powder charge, it protects it from moisture as well. So, you don't, if it's raining out even now, I'm sure you've been out in the rain and you've, your powder gets wet. And then even if you try to protect your barrel, that water gets in there, just the moisture in the air, it starts sucking it up. So, this stops all this. Because this is loaded in a factory setting, everyone is loaded the same. So the same amount of powder every time. It helps to give you better accuracy. It helps to make sure that it, go, it goes off every time. Where mm -hmm. If you're on the rain, I've been out there enough where you start to question after a few hours, is this going to go off when I need it to? So um, this obviously does that. So it's called the Nitro Fire Rifle. We're the only ones that are producing this gun currently. Um, and what's nice, too, is even if you want to unload it now, we make a device where you just stick your ramrod, you push your bullet out the end. If you do fire it, you can clean it right straight through, nice and easy. You can look in there and you can see how clean it is. So it just makes muzzleloading less intimidating. Absolutely makes it more safe, more accurate, consistent. It's just a great all-around evolution for muzzleloading. Um, and once you go out and you shoot it, it's amazing because I can sit here and talk about it, but if I put one in your hands and you go to the range, and if you shot the side lock guns like Matt's mentioned or the brake action guns that have the breech plug, certainly was a lot easier. But when you shoot this, 
you really love the convenience. It's just, if you can shoot it more times at the range and dial in your gun, get the accuracy you need to do, run a patch down the barrel when you need to clean it. And it's uh, it's fun to shoot. It really is. That's what I was about to say. When I went to sight this gun in, <clears throat> it's, it, did not take as long from a standpoint of like, we ran a lot more shots through it. I think we ran like 15 shots through it and just figure it to figure out exactly what, what setting and, you know, on the scope and all that, but it was so much easier to clean. That's the, that's what takes so long when you're trying to sight in a gun of a traditional muzzleloader, it takes so long to clean. This seems to burn a lot cleaner. Okay. So it was just a couple patch, you know, wet patch or dry patch and, you know, a couple maybe each. And then you were done. I mean, we ran a lot of, shots through it it took you know it's something that would have took maybe three or four hours took us you know an hour or two it was just they cut the time in half it really did so it was it was a lot more convenient from that standpoint and for me i i've never i've never muzzleloaded hunt uh, i've never i can't even say the words because i've never just done, never done it. i've never done it at all I, in fact i've never even shot one so i'm learning and and part of the reason why is because i've always viewed it as kind of like cooking in a cast iron skillet like it's cool to have one but then you got to season it afterwards and there's all these steps and everything this really makes it so much more convenient and more likely that i think uh, folks like me maybe might actually go out and try it because you're dropping the kind of the perceived barriers there. Right. And, and also Matt mentioned that it's cleaning burning. The powder that's used in here is a new powder that Hodgdon um, developed. It's called triple uh, eight. So um, uh, they, they're loaded that inside here. It has a plastic cap on the end. So it holds it all in place. So it's a much cleaner burning powder. So there's less residue in the barrel when you do need to, to clean it, but also just a recoil and just, the, the convenience, it's just, it's, it's so much easier and nicer. Um, and, and then they come in different colors. Here's 120 grain equivalent and the orange is a hundred. And then they have a new one, which is uh, 80 grain, which I think is yellow. So, um, again, it's just, it's fun. It's innovative. Uh, we think just based on the number of people that we've showed it to and they've seen it, um, they're going to get back into muzzleloading because of this. And we got, I think no question. There's a, a bunch of people coming into the, the hunting sport since COVID, we've seen a lot of people come in. So we think, um, you know, they're going to get back in a muzzleloader because of the convenience of this and the simplicity and the safety. So a couple, couple things that I noticed. So I used it. It was not um, legal yet for the muzzleloader season in Illinois and Missouri in 2020 when I was, you know, when I was using it. Uh -huh. So I used it during the rifle only season in Missouri is when I was using it. I, Cause I, my lease, I can't use a rifle. It's, it's just part of the lease agreement. So I either get, use a slug gun or a muzzleloader. Mm -hmm. So I took that opportunity to, to use that gun during, you know, when I was on the lease or even used it over in the river a few times. But in, in general, that being able to put the fire stick in and take it out like that was super duper handy. Cause I, I didn't end up killing one during the, the rifle season. Sure. And so at the end of the season, at the end of the rifle season to be able to just pop that, you know, pull it back out of there mm -hmm. was, it was just a lot easier. And you conversely, you look at the, what, you know, at the couple of weeks ago when I cleaned out the other two muzzleloaders from muzzleloader season from the Illinois, you know, gun season, I was cleaning everything out and it's like, man, I, I, I opened the nitro fire again, just to check to see if, make sure I had everything cleaned and ready to go. And I'm sure. like, man, I didn't have to do anything <laughs> to That's this nice. one. Yeah. And even when you don't fire a shot, with a traditional muzzleloader to clean it out, you got to end up breaking. If you use the pup, the um, like Hodgson uh, 
pellets or whatever to for the powder uh-huh. th- those crush up when you try to you know when oh, you try to yeah, yeah. to clean the gun barrel and then even if you like use loose powder all that it's a it's just a mess it's just a real mm. mess this it was super easy because I, I had all three in front of me i had one that i used powder one they used the pellets and one that had the nitro fire the fire stick in sure. it it's a no brainer. The ease, the amount of ease it was for that gun yeah. versus the other two and how long it took me to clean them. So I, you know, I know that every day there's more and more States that you, that are making it legal for the 2021 season. Do you guys want to maybe update us on, on where you're at there? Cause that is, that has been a process for you, I think. Yeah. So uh, yeah, we've been, um, we, we have a, a team here working with um, the folks over at, at federal and we go, we meet, we tried to meet with some of these wildlife agencies due to COVID. We weren't able to do that last year. Um, and just because of the number of people that are out turkey hunting and fishing and those, all those agencies were just taxed um, with all the folks that are getting back into outdoor activities. But um, we have a lot, we have, we're working with them. We're, we're showing them the product just, just like um, here where, where folks haven't seen it before. We're educating them, showing them what it's all about. So um, to, to see updates on that, the best thing is to go to traditionsfirearms.com. We have a map on there as it changes or if it looks like it might be changing or whatever the conversations we're having with those folks, um, we post those up on our website. One of the things I can tell you is that but right now there's a lot of all the states are looking at the regulations this time of the year before they, they make changes. Um, so I'd say within the next couple of months, Go to our website. Keep checking it out because it could be changing weekly, you know, monthly. And uh, mm-hmm. we do have a lot of states that are are looking at it. So, so go to there and check it out and, and make sure it's it's legal in, in in your state. But I, right now, you can go on and see our map and you'll see that it is it is legal to use in the muzzleloading season. Tom, when you're having those conversations, are there what are the hangups that other, that states are having if they're having any? Like, what are they pushing back on? Um, you know, some of them, it's just all different reasons. I think a lot of them, it's just because they don't, they, they haven't been able to see the product, use it and understand it. You know, you know, part of the agencies, they, they want to retain, you know, the hunters, they want retention, they want, they want all these other things that are going to keep people involved and engaged in the hunting site. But they also want stuff that's safe. So they want to make, they want to see it before they make those changes. They want to know how it works. Um, I think it's more education at this point. Um, Tim than anything gotcha. else, which is seeing the product. It is legal for Missouri for 2021. It was legal for Iowa already in 2020. And there was, what, how many states are you guys up to now? Are there over 13, aren't there? I think there's uh, around 15 now. Yeah. So, so there's a good chance that it may be legal in your state. I know there's a couple big ones that you guys are still working on. Kansas is a big one that's still working on. Illinois, you're still working on. So, uh, like like Tom said, make sure and visit you know their website and and check to see that it is legal in your area. But man, if you can use it and it's legal, it's a game changer. It really is. It. You guys were actually on the cover of Guns and Ammo. Did I see that just a month or so ago? Yeah, you know, we were we were fortunate enough to to get on the cover of Guns and Ammo magazine, and it was uh, there's a, a nicely written article in there about how the gun, you know, works, cleans, basically all the stuff that we talked about, um, and it's just been it's been phenomenal. I mean, just the response that we have on it is just it's been great. You would think that something like that even would help your case in some of the state agencies when you can say, look, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's out there in the mainstream. It, it's mainstream. People are, you're really loving it. And, you know, even guns and ammo, you know, that's, I would think that's a pretty 
you know, good feather in the cap, isn't it? Getting on the cover oh, of that. Uh, absolutely. Uh, you know, when, when, when we send the guns out to these riders, you know, they, they have an article to write, but at the same time, they want to give their fair opinion to their readership to make sure that what they're saying is absolutely true. And <coughs> excuse me, but <coughs> this particular article, it points out exactly how to use it. The, the experience that writer had with it. And it's just been phenomenal. Phones been ringing. They see the, they see the article or see the magazine, read the article, have questions, same thing, just education about how it all works. Uh, one other accolade that we have this year is that NRA has picked the Nitro Fire and, and get it, given us uh, the Golden Bullseye Award, which is a muzzleloader of the year. So that's wow. uh, that's a, a, a prestigious honor that cool. we're proud to, to have with this, this firearm. So, so where can people find this at? Because that's the question I'm getting most, like when I was talking about it through the season and, you know, showing it, people are always like, where can I get it? Where can I get it? Yeah, you know, in the season, it was tough. Um, you mentioned COVID and just the supply chain issues. I think any industry had last year and just meeting with different folks. Uh, we were we were late to get the guns in and, and get them shipped out. So it was available in the fall of last year. But again, the even with the demand, it was hard to stay up with. But now we're, we're, we beefed up production. We're shipping them. Um, they're in most stores. They're in, you mentioned Johnny Morris. They're in Bass Pro. They're in. Um, a bunch of other stores that are out there, um, independent retailers, they have them. Uh, it's available anywhere. Basically, they can order the guns and, and bring them in. So um, you go to our website, you go into our dealer locator that will show you where some of the dealers that are stocking the products um, that are out there and they can see um, where they might be able to get them. Perfect. Great. Great. We'll move on to the question of the day. Let's do it. All right. The question of the day is brought to you by Victory Archery, the carbon arrow experts. And that's not it. Okay. Sorry. There's no audio for this one. This is a text only, which means if you have a question, make sure you hit the link in the show notes and go record it for us. All right. So Jerry Weatherman, uh, he says, I have a question, Matt. What muzzleloader bullet was it that Mark and Terry were really loving how it shot? I believe they said it weighed 170 grains. So uh, it's the the bullet that we've been using the last three seasons, I'd say, is the yeah. Traditions Bleed Bullet. And we sat in a meeting at a shot show a few years back with these guys and, and, and Tom uh, showed us, you know, what they were about to come out with. And they said, we need to come up with a name for this thing. We need to brainstorm. And I believe it was Terry said, all I know, because because we had used it that previous season and Terry said, all I know is when a deer gets hit with that thing, they bleed. And I don't know if it was you or your daughter, Allison, who works with you there. I said, that's a great name. I think it might've been you. You're like, all right, the bleed bullet. Call it what it does. <laughs> it, and it is amazing because when you muzzleloader hunt, that's one of the things you don't get great blood trails out of a traditional muzzleloader bullet. And that's one of the things over the years that it, it makes it, it can make it tough to find your animal. Yeah. It's not that they didn't die. It's just that there wasn't much of a blood trail there to follow this. This totally changes. I mean, it's like, it's devastating. It really is. So yeah. go ahead, Tom. So it's, it's called the SmackDown bleed bullet. And, and, uh, it is 170 grains. Like, like, um, like was mentioned. Um, and yeah, you guys, you guys are using it that, um, the last few years. And it's just, when you see what it does, it's just, it's tremendous. But also, because it's a lighter weight bullet, you don't get as much recoil with it too, so it helps a little bit on that side. But um, it's just it's it's just deadly. It's it's a great bullet. So the combination that we noticed for that new nitro fire was that your 120 grain fire stick 
with the bleed bullet was a great combination. I, I think what was the, was it a two Oh nine primer? I think. Mm-hmm. So, so that was the kind cause I actually get that asked quite a bit on Instagram. It's like, all right, what's the combination or even through our website, you know, questions on, on this setup. And that was the combination that grouped the best for us, the 120 grain fire stick, yeah. the bleed bullet, and then the two Oh nine primer. So I don't know if you guys found anything different, any other combos that work really well? The, uh, you know, any of the bullets, we, we've shot the 250 carnivore uh, bullet as well, or the 250 smackdown, it's called the carnivore. We comes in a 305 and a 250 grain. So um, with this, they shoot um, very well with the, um, with the fire sticks. Um, one of the things that also is when we're talking about these powders that are inside, like the fire stick, or if you're talking about, you know, the Pyrodix um, pellets and stuff like that. There's different primers that are out there and they're designed for different applications. So when you're shooting a fire stick, for example, it's recommended that you use a muzzle-loading primer. It's designed for that powder that's in there. It's a hotter primer. It burns, it ignites that powder faster and helps burn it cleaner. So um, some of the, just a 209 primer is kind of a generic statement now. Now I think because muzzle-loading is changing and we're seeing some of this stuff, it's being refined to where we're using the right primers or the right powders to make sure you get the best ignition um, source. Good uh, point. But yeah, the combination uh, we found, you know, the bleed certainly works great with 100 or 120. I know you guys like that little extra boost just in case you need it. And especially when you when you have a lighter bullet, you know, you might want a little more speed behind it. I know that's what Mark was thinking when he was looking at that combination too. He immediately wanted to know when the 120s are going to be available because at that time, we only had 100s because he wanted that little extra kick. But um, even with the 250, 100 grains, um, it, it dials in nice. And the groupings we're getting, it's just phenomenal. Yeah, um, great. So it's, it works well. I, I will make sure to link up in the show notes the, uh, the, the, the state map of where it's legal from the Traditions website and then also the dealer locator. So if folks are interested, they can hop in there. And uh, let's hop into the wildlife word. All right. So brought to you by Muddy Outdoors, home of the highest quality products for serious hunters. It's about toki hunting. All right. A mature gobbler has how many long primary tail feathers? Hmm. So not the little ones that kind of lay in front, but the the big long ones. Is it A, 18, B, 60, C, 5, or D, 1, because the tail fan is really comprised of a single large segmented feather? Hmm. It seems tricky, Tom. Mm. <laughs> go ahead. It, we always let our guests go first. 18 oh, feathers, I, I, 65 or one. You quit listening, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. So what was it? What was the quantity again? 18. Ted. <laughs> 18. Ted, would you please read the numbers again? 18, 65 or one. I'd go with 18. That's what I was okay. going to go with, 18A, but uh, I feel like, I don't know, you might try to trick me with D. Mm-hmm. What do you got, Timothy? So you're going with D? Uh, no, I'm going with I'm going with, going a. with a. Okay. You're trying to straddle two, two answers. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> you guys are both right. Congratulations. All right. We win Eight, nothing. 18, <laughs> 18 long feathers. I, I kind of cheated. I looked at one of the... 
one of the feathers that I or turkeys that I have in my office. That's why he was asking for the numbers again. <laughs> Cheater. Could you please use the, the word in a sentence? Tom was a guy looking time. over somebody's shoulder right. in class. <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> Tom. Tom and I sat in the back of the class together and yeah, we just kind of yeah. peeked over everybody's shoulder. Collaborative testing. Is that what that's called? Yeah, something nice. like that. Nice. Well, Tom, thanks so much for hopping on with us today. We, we really appreciate it. Is there anything else you want to add before we uh, depart here? No, you know, well, yeah, just a couple of things, you know, I appreciate your time and, and having us on and stuff, but I, uh, you know, muzzleloading is changing right now. And so a lot of good things that are happening, go to our website, check out traditionsfarms.com. Um, not only do we have the sideline guns like Matt was talking about um, when he first started, but we have all different ones that are in between for all different applications. We have um, all the accessories and all that stuff too, but, uh, I think the important thing is just so you stay in touch of what's changing and and w- whether it's a nitrifier or the fire stick platform or whatever, uh, feel free to reach out to us and we'll be happy to answer any questions that you might have. So yeah. uh, I appreciate your guys' time and your support and, and everything that you guys do for tradition and that. And the jury out there team. Yeah, likewise. We uh, it's a good relationship. You guys are a you know a small family run business. We can relate to that, and it's I think that's why it makes it so easy for us to partner up together because we you, there's not a lot of red tape that gets in the way of what you know what the limits of what we can do together. You know, it's a good partnership, and and everybody's kind of on the same page, so it makes it easy. Great, great. Yep. Well, if folks would like to hunt with Mark or Terry or both of them this fall, they could potentially. Yeah. We're running this giveaway and we kind of bury the lead because we never talk don't about talk it. about it very much. <laughs> but yeah, if you go into DeerCast, hit the giveaway button at the very bottom in your nav bar, you can sign up for a chance to enter to win a hunt with Mark and Terry. No fall. strings attached. No, yep. uh, bring your atlatl and go it, to town. it is you a weapon of your choice. It's a, it's a hunt at Mark's Missouri place and a hunt at Terry's Missouri place, two days at each. And, you know, unless you kill right out of the gate at Mark's or something, we always start with Mark and, and with Terry. <laughs> what <are> you saying? <laughs> hey, You're we've had success at Terry's place a couple times here too. A on couple these hunts. times. Yes. <laughs> so please bring your atlatl. We will film it. Yeah. <laughs> I think it'd be a great, Time to try the nitro fire. Oh, yeah. That's right. We'll put it in nitro your hands. fire from a saddle <laughs> on Mark's farm. That would be fantastic. Get judged like you wouldn't believe. <laughs> All right. Well, everyone. For the saddle part. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Thanks for watching, everyone. All right. Till next time. Peace out. DeerCast is giving you the chance to hunt with Mark and Terry Drury. Head over to DeerCast.com to enter.